of heights to the depths of the sea. But now when we are baptized, Romans 6 tells us this, that when, we, when, we're, when we're water baptized, we're baptized into Christ. In the finished work of his, his redemptive work that he accomplished on the cross. And symbolically, we go down identifying in his death, the old man dying and rising to new life. That's why when we come up out of the water, that's symbolic of Jesus rising from the grave. Romans 6, we read that. It looked, we looked into that. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The Jewish leaders thought that the Messiah would come with judgment, but only against Israel's enemies. They were blind in their self-righteous confidence that only others needed to get right with God. Many today have the same idea. John the Baptist is sadly needed today. Much of what we call Christianity is Christianized heathenism. We need that John the Baptist should come with his stern words about the axe, the winnowing fan, and the fire. Nothing less will help to prepare the way for the new coming of Christ. Now here's Pastor Rob as he concludes this series in Chapter 3 in the Gospel of Matthew with Pentecost. Because notice the very next verse in chapter, in verse 12 there. It gives us the context, and that's really important. What does it say? His winnowing fan is in his hand. When you read verse 11, read it and go on to verse 12, and it makes sense. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and fire. Some of those in that group would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and others later would be baptized with fire. And he qualifies it in context by saying, His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge or clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. Notice, but, circle that, he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That speaks of something completely different, something that I'm glad that I'm not going to experience. And as a believer in Christ, you will not either. But see, we have to warn people that this is their fate if they choose to reject Christ. Yes, it's true. And that's the thing that we don't want to tell them. But they must be told. We want to tell them, oh, God is good to you. God's going to bless you. He wants to just... He wants to put a blanket around you and love you and it's like a, you know, like a cold winter night in front of the fireplace with your cat and your hot cocoa. If, if that's all we do, we failed. That's only the, the best part. Who wouldn't want that? Ah, but we have to tell them something different. We have to tell them the bad news before the gospel has any effect. We have to tell them the bad news because the good news is coming for those who receive him. God is a judge. He's a great judge. And for those of us, he will not, for God has not appointed us, his believers, to wrath, but to obtain what? 
salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. We will not see that judgment But for an unbeliever, and this is why we have to warn people. You cannot and you should not and don't remove the teeth from the gospel of Jesus Christ. The moment we do that, we're teaching a false gospel. But there appears to be a clear distinction between those who are baptized with the Holy Spirit and those who are baptized with fire. And Acts 1 verse 5 makes this abundantly clear. You know, in... um, We'll look at that really quick. Uh, And being assembled together with them, we read this uh, just moments ago. Jesus speaking, he says, but he says, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. If he meant it to be and fire, he would have said it. But he's speaking to believers. And he's saying, you're going to be baptized with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Notice he didn't say, and fire. Because John the Baptist, in his audience, he was saying to them, some of you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit when Jesus comes, but some of you will be baptized with fire. And the context of verse 12 in our uh, passage today qualifies that in context what he meant by that because he's going to take those who have been baptized those who are christ are going to be gathered to the barn they're going to be safe they're going to be saved but then there's going to be the chaff from the winnowing of the wheat the good stuff the grain is going to be taken into the barn but the chaff and the useless stuff that's going to be gathered together and burned and yes he's talking about people here eternal But the context of this passage is clearly those who are saved and then those who are not, who will be burned with unquenchable fire. And this judgment of being baptized with fire will come, like I said before, in at least three different events, yet future. Now remember, this is not for believers, but for unbelievers. And what is the first one? The judgment during the Great Tribulation period. There's going to be those who will be baptized with fire during this time. In Revelation 8, verse 7, when it speaks of the first trumpet judgment, what does it say? The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. They are literally going to be baptized with fire from heaven. And a third of the trees were burned up, and even grass was burned up. In Revelation 8, verses 8 and 9, during the second trumpet, a similar thing happened, that the second angel sounded, something like a great mountain burning with fire fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood and the third of the living creatures in the sea died and the third of the ships were destroyed in revelation 8 verse 10 during the third trumpet judgment the angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and of the springs of water in revelation 16 the fourth bowl is poured out upon the earth and what is this what is happening during that time are believers on the earth during the great tribulation period No, 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 there there may be believers, but the church has been removed prior to that. There may be people who get saved during that time, but for the most part, this is God's pouring out his wrath upon a world that has rejected his only means of salvation. That's what the Bible says. And so what does this finally tell us in Revelation 16? It says, then the third... The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the power was given him to scorch men with fire. 
They were being baptized with fire. Unbelievers. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And notice, and they did not repent and give him glory. I don't know about you, but I respond to pain really well. (laughs) When the Lord wants to get my attention, all he's got to do is do something physically to me, and I cry uncle really quick, because I'm a wimp. It doesn't take very long for me to, to, to say uncle. It doesn't take long. But the wicked during the great tribulation, they will die physically in judgment, but they will also spend an eternity in the lake of fire. And it tells us that in the Bible as well. But there's also a, a baptism of fire during the judgment of nations. Again, Jesus, when he returns with the church, one of the first things he's going to do in the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, yet future to us, is he's going to separate the nations. It's called, you may have heard it, the, the sheep and the goats. Notice with me in Matthew 25, verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, which includes us, and he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on the right hand, come, you blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then they're going to say, when did we do all these things, Lord? And and he will answer and say, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren. Who is he speaking of when Jesus, being a Jew, says, my brethren? He's speaking of the Jews. When you've done it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. But notice, he's also going to say to those who have been separated, and these are people, these are nations. And nations are what? A group of people together. They are going to be separated as well. And what is he going to say to those on his left? Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, etc., etc. And then they will also say, Lord, when did we not do these things to you? And then he will say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternity eternal life. Do you see that? So this baptism of fire is for unbelievers. First, at the, here in, 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 the, in the great tribulation period, and then at the beginning of the millennium, and then finally, the baptism of the great white throne, because that's the ultimate baptism of fire. It says, and I saw a great white throne, and him, and you've heard this before, but I'm going to read it again. I saw a great white throne, John tells us in Revelation 20, verse 11, and he who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And this is the final judgment. You and I, at this time that we're reading about, have already uh, been to the Bema Seat judgment. We've received rewards. We're, we're, everything is good, we're fine. We're safe in the barn, if you will. 
(laughs) But there's coming a final destination for the wicked. Right now, when people die, they go, if they're unbelievers, they go to hell. And for a believer, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we go to him. Right, but So we, or somebody who dies, and an unbeliever, they go to hell. And notice what it says here. This is interesting. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And notice, And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which that were written in the books. Does God take a record of the bad things that you've done? If you're an unbeliever, everything you've ever done wrong is written in that book. Because one day, if you don't repent of your sin, you will stand before him at this great white throne and he will open the books. He has a book and several other books. And in one instant, he can tell you everything that you've ever done, that you've denied him and you've rejected him and you've lived your own sinful way. And why does he do that? To rub your nose in it? No, because he's a good judge. And before a judge sentences you, you have to know what you're guilty of. When he sentences you, there's going to be no one saying, I didn't have an opportunity. And Lord, you're mistaken. That's not right. No, it's all written. And notice what he goes on and he says, The dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. The sea, notice, gave up the dead who were in it. And notice this, And death and Hades, those who go to hell even right now, is a temporary place. Because death and Hades, what does it say? Delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. And then notice verse 14, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. A baptism of fire. An unbeliever. So where are you? You know, let me bring up this this slide. You know, this morning we've been looking at these different baptisms. Jesus even went, and we'll look at this next week. Why did Jesus undergo the baptism of John the Baptist? It was a baptism of repentance. Was Jesus, was it necessary for him to be baptized? No, we'll talk more about that next week. But now when we are baptized, Romans 6 tells us this, that when, we bat, when, we're, when we're water baptized, we're baptized into Christ. In the finished work of his, his redemptive work that he accomplished on the cross. And symbolically, we go down identifying in his death, the old man dying and rising to new life. That's why when we come up out of the water, that's symbolic of Jesus rising from the grave. Romans 6, we read that. It looked, we looked into that. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Subsequent to conversion subsequent even to the baptism of you know christian baptism water baptism and then the one that won't touch us if you're a believer is the baptism of fire that's reserved for unbelievers so if you're an unbeliever here today i want to encourage you to come to christ come to jesus it's the best thing going 
It is really, truly remarkable that God, while we were yet sinners, he died for us and he loves you. Do you think that he wants you to go to this, to experience this baptism of fire? He does not. The God does not delight in the death of the wicked. It is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to what? To repentance. He doesn't want anybody to go there. But listen, he doesn't send you there. You choose to go there. You are in control so to speak, of your own destiny. He's not going to force you. You know, if I'm starving and I'm really hungry and somebody offers me a a nice filet mignon and a baked potato and I'm really hungry, I would just sit down and eat and say thank you. It's a gift. But when we refuse Christ, it's like this. You're starving, there's a whole buffet in front of you, and you're, no, I'm not going to do it. Fool. Fool. That's what the Bible calls people who do not believe in Christ, fools. The fool has said in his heart, no, God, I don't want anything to do with you. I want to do, I'm going to get there by my own works. I went to Catholic school, I went to this, I did this, I gave all my money to the church, and I deserve this. And God says, you don't deserve anything. We don't deserve heaven. It's by the blood of Christ. That's the only way that I'm getting to heaven is his finished redemptive work on the cross. And him, when he rose from the grave, he defeated death, conquering it. And now we put our faith in him. For God so loved the world that, he, that whosoever believes in him and all that he did would not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that not the gospel? And see, that's the truth. And it's open for anybody. Have you made that decision? I pray that you do because God is a God of love. He's not a God of death. Satan is a God of death. But God is a God of love and compassion. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. You know, it's hard to, to share a message like this because people are turned off by the fact that God would allow somebody to, to go to hell and to burn forever in a body that can withstand where the, the flame burns not and the worm dies not. It's everlasting. I can't believe in a God who would do that. Well, would you believe in a God who loves you so much that he did everything for you and all you have to do is believe in him? Well, now that you say it, that sounds pretty good because it is. It's wonderful. You must be born again. Give your heart to Christ. And for those of us who have been saved a while, sometimes I just need to be cranked up a little bit. Do you need a a tune-up? I hope you got a tune-up this morning to encourage you to stay in the fight, stay in the battle. If you're feeling the battle, it's because you are in the battle. And, you know, if I'm not feeling the battle, chances are I've disqualified myself and I'm sitting up on a ledge somewhere and I've decided to take it easy rather than get in God's game. Because God's game is going after people because they need to know him. They need to know his great love for them. And when you do, you will sense the battle, trust me. But we are not to fear that battle because he is with us. Didn't the psalmist David say, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Doesn't that put... Now, remember in the beginning of the service, I had you all smile? One, two, three. Yes, we've heard some bad news, but most of it's pretty good news. But see, that last one doesn't belong to you and me. 
But the middle two, yeah. I want to encourage you, this week, or I'm sorry, not this week, but um, not even this month. Where am I going? Um, sometime in August, we're going to have our baptism picnic. And we'll announce that soon. If you haven't been baptized, maybe you've been a believer for a long time, and maybe you haven't been baptized, would you consider being baptized? Is it necessary for salvation? Are, are you going to go to hell because you don't get baptized? No, I don't believe that for a minute. Jesus said, he who believes, he who is baptized, believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who believes not will be condemned. So it's not the baptism. It's not the work of that that's going to get you to heaven. It's your belief in Christ. But if you haven't been baptized, would you pray about being baptized this summer? Send us an email, office at calvaryrochester.com. Come see us after the service. We'll talk about it and, 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 and get baptized. Come into agreement with what God has done for you. And it's a public display, isn't it? That's why we try to get as many people, family, friends, to come and witness. They need to see that witness in you. And it also holds you accountable, doesn't it? Because if I, remember we read that in Colossians? Since I've been raised from the dead, you know, since I've been raised in Christ, how ought to I live then? So even as I have a bunch of witnesses seeing me physically go through the rite of baptism, I'm accountable to them. I'm going to live a life the best I can. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to live a life that hopefully represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I want to live that life, don't you? And then they will see it and they're like, you know what? I want that too. I want that life. I'm a mess. And I need whatever you've got. I, I need that. See, that's what God wants for us. Would you pray about that? And get baptized if you haven't been baptized. Let's stand and let's pray. Next week, we'll, uh, we'll get into the baptism of Christ. And yes, yes, Jesus even went through the baptism of repentance under John to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, who was not only our king of kings, who was not only a prophet, but he was also what? He was our high priest. And a high priest does things according to the rules. And he identified himself with us in our fallen nature. And he went through it even though he was the only one in the world who didn't need to go through this baptism. But he did it and he told John to fulfill all righteousness. We'll look at that. So Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray that you bless my brothers and sisters. And Lord, encourage them and strengthen their faith along with mine, Lord. We live in a very desperate time, God. And we pray... Lord, uh, for each of us, Lord. Many of us in this room are born again. Many of us have even been physically baptized. But Lord, we pray for the baptism of your spirit. Lord, it's so necessary for us to live today. Would you please, Lord, make us willing to... to and Lord, you do it whenever you want. We, we, we want to be open to you, Lord. But give us a heart to be out and about and wherever we're at, Lord. Not to just be going through our list of things, but to be open and be willing to be inconvenienced to reach somebody else. And and light us up, God. Baptize us with your spirit. Use us in power and for your glory alone, not our anything else. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. 
That's the end of our lesson for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the Gospel of Matthew. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.